Beer friends, and welcome to another episode of Tap the Craft Podcast. I am Denny Luce, coming to you from Boise, Idaho, and my partner in craft, head brewer, and owner of Trek Brewing in Columbus, Ohio, is John Ream. And John, everyone wants to know how you're doing, and of course, what is in your glass tonight? I'm doing all right. I'm pretty tired, though. Uh, I've had quite a few long days here at the brewery. Uh, so Thursday, I was here till almost one in the morning brewing. And then having the, the tap room open Friday, Saturday here till close and then clean up and everything. So now I'm at the brewery again, uh, cleaning a tank so I can brew again tomorrow. Um, yeah. Never stops, but it's worth it. Yeah. You're, so. you're living the dream. That's right. This, this is what you wanted. That's right. <laughs> that it, it'll, it'll be a lot better once the construction is done because that's what like threw me on Thursday because they the stuff they were doing they were putting up a lot of dust so I had to cover everything up and I couldn't oh, brew. Yeah. So I had to cover it all up till they were done then clean and uncover and like start going. So I'm doing way more cleaning than I normally will need to do just because there's construction cleanup on top of brewery cleanup. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, that's a pain for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, now I'm I'm drinking uh, a Great Lakes Cloud Cutter, Ooh, what's, uh, what's which that? is like a a pale wheat ale. So it's oh, nice. uh, yeah, like a wheat base, but it's uh, hopped like a pale ale. It's pretty pretty nice. Cool. So, is that on tap? Yes. All so. right. All right. Excellent. Yeah. So how about you? What well, are you drinking I, tonight? I am. Well, I'm doing well. Yeah, uh, just trying to stay cool. We got a little I, bit of heat. heat we wave. didn't ask about that. No, <laughs> nobody cared. <laughs> but I'm I'm staying hydrated. I'm staying hydrated with lots of beer. Uh, I mean, I've been drinking. I mean, I, I'll I'll be honest with you guys. Uh, my lovely wife. Did I tell this on the last show that that Sarah had bought me? I, I don't think so because it's already been two weeks. But she bought me three six packs of Prismatic IPA, Ninkasi's. And uh, the night she bought it for me was like Wednesday, I think it was. She said, okay, here you go. Don't drink it all in one sitting. I didn't. I was good. But I literally drank all three six-packs within nine days after she bought it. And I I had to have an intervention for myself to kind of calm down on the IPA. So I... In, in that in that reasoning of why I'm I'm uh, I'm not drinking an IPA tonight because I kind of have been uh, a little bit overdoing the IPA. I, I've been enjoying them, but it's time to take a break. So I bought myself three different six packs of beer this weekend, um, which, by the way, they're I'm almost out of all three. I picked up the New Belgium's 1554 Black Lager, which I love that beer. Uh, it's just a nice dark lager. I picked up the Cali Cream and Ale because that's just a go-to, easy drinking one. And the one I'm drinking tonight, see how I worked up? All, this is a workup, yeah, build up to what I'm drinking. Yeah. Um, I'm drinking an interesting summer beer. Uh, it's interesting because I don't know what style. I'm going to say it's probably a blonde ale. 
and it's from Big Sky Brewing. It's their Summer Honey. And I'll tell you what, this is, I, I've, I put this on Untap back in 2012. Now, it's interesting because the last few shows, I've, you know, my Untapped beers we've been drinking, you know, I've rated originally back six years ago. And I'm drinking it again now. And originally I said, hey, I gave like a two, two cap rating because it's just like, yeah, it's a, it's a Blondale. It's okay. You know what? I think because my palate is at a point where I'm enjoying things that don't have big flavor, um, this is very enjoyable. I'm, I've, uh, I'm on my fourth one. And it's just a nice, easy drinking, not, not bitter, uh, a little bit malty. Little bit of little bit of honey flavor, but it's not coming from honey. I think it's coming from, uh, you, you know, the malt that they're using or whatever. It gives you that kind of a sweet, not too sweet, but a little bit of a sweet, malty character. Yeah, um, usually when you get actual honey, like character, it's mm-hmm. from honey malt. Is honey it malt. Usually, yeah. usually when you put honey in, it just all ferments out. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 not too sweet. It's not too dry. It's kind of like just a perfect balance. Of that upfront malty honey kind of sweetness, and then it finishes, uh, you know, on a drier side, not completely dry, uh, no bitterness at all to it. I'm telling you, it's easy drinking, and I'm enjoying this tonight with you, John. While you're drinking a cloud cutter pale, is that what it was? A pale? Yeah, yeah. I'm drinking kind of a malty thing myself with a, a Blondale, so we're kind of on the same uh, page. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, have you had this one before? Do you remember? Uh, I feel like I have at some point. I'll have to look it up, which I could have been doing while you were talking about no it. No problem, no. no problem. But I want to say that it's nice to revisit beers six years later and see, you know, how you like it. I I was, I didn't look up when I picked up the six pack. I just picked it up because it was something that I thought was going to be lighter, no hops. I'm like, you know what? I need no hop. So the three things I picked up were with no, you know, no hop bitterness character. And uh, when I got home and I went to check it in, I was like, oh crap, I already had it. And I went to, I saw what I rated it. I was like, oh damn, I gave it two caps. Oh, this is going to be bad. But then when I started drinking it, I'm like, hey, you know what? I'm glad I picked it up because this is exactly what I needed. So if this is going out to all you guys out there that have tried a beer at one point, didn't like it, Go back and retry it. You might find that your palate has changed and you actually enjoy the beer for what it is later on. All right, John, have you had it? Have you looked it up? I have not. No. All right. It's pretty good. All that build up for nothing. Yeah. No problem. No problem. (laughs) All right. Well, now that we've built up all the excitement, everyone's just on the edge of the seat to hear about our beer talk. Let's go in and explain to anyone that's new to the show what Tap to Crap podcast is all about. We are an educational podcast. We focus around celebrating all things craft beer, and we want to help all of you guys along in your craft beer journey. And you're listening to episode 101. Yes, this is 101. And we're going to give you the 101 on uh, on uh, juicy and hazy beer as uh, described by the Brewers Association. Again, I forgot to mention that this is Sunday. Uh, June 3rd. We're recording on June 3rd, Sunday, 2018. And of course, you know you can count on John and I carrying on some great beer conversation along the way. So, John, let's carry this conversation in to an update concerning Trek Brewing. All right. So, yeah, talked last uh, 
episode about getting the construction rolling on, well, installation rolling on uh, the new 15 barrel. That's just continued to roll along. So the uh, boiler and steam pipe has all been installed. Um, all that's left for that is uh, insulating the pipes. Okay. So every, everything's welded up. Uh, it's been pressure tested. It's ready to go. Um, just got to get it insulated because that stuff's hot. Mm-hmm. Um, we've. I, I, uh, I, I'm assuming that the insulation yeah. is not only to protect people, but is it also? Um, I mean, it's a steam. You, you, it's a steam uh, kettle. So I'm assuming steam is what's passing through the kettle now. Does it condensate and become liquid as it's going around and heating your your wart? Or how does uh, that work? Yes, yeah, so the the kettle is jacketed, and the steam goes through the jacket uh-huh. around the outside. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, that uh, has a condensate drip out of it, and um, and then yeah, they, all the pipes are also insulated then as well. Um, so the jack, the jacket is also insulated, um, for the tank. So, so you don't, you don't want the steam to turn to liquid before it actually gets to the pot, right? So you got to insulate it to keep it, you know, right. hot. Yeah. Right. Okay. I, I didn't want to get side. I was curious because I, I just started thinking that this is steam coming from the boiler. Well, it has to get to the, to the kettle. And then I'm thinking, well, you know, it gets to the kettle and it, the kettle, the you know, the I'm assuming the wart when you first put it in. Well, you know what, the wart's going to be warm already, right? It's going to be at least a hundred, or yeah, 150 degrees, right, or something like that. Or what's the wart going into the kettle, like the hot water? What's the hot water? I mean, it goes into the kettle. Well, it it would be the wart because it's be coming the off the mash tun. Okay. Yeah. Um, and that'd be probably it, it, it'd be between 150 and 170, depending okay. on. Uh, what what we're doing? Okay. So. All right. I, I I'm when I when I come visit you, um, we're gonna go over this whole uh, process because I'm very curious on this whole steam thing. So be prepared. Do your homework. I want you to be able to answer all my questions. All right, but okay. I'm not gonna feel bad when I don't. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So then I also mentioned last time that we were about to start uh, doing the glycol piping. Um, and that's begun, uh, the interior run of the header has been installed. All the T's are are in place to feed the tanks. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, the chiller is actually going up on the roof on Tuesday. Okay. Scheduled for Tuesday. We'll see if we get more storms rolling in like we've had, you know, for the last week and a half that might get delayed, but, uh, I'm really I'm really looking forward to that because it's going to open up a ton of space for me as well um, around the pilot brewery. And I can actually utilize my full drain and everything over there on that side of the brewery as well. So it's going to make all the cleaning easier. It's going to make everything so much easier. Nice. Um, and it'll be one step closer to getting the 15 barrel up and up and running. Yeah. Um. So uh, along with the the chiller piping, though, we had to make sure we had all the tanks, you know, we knew where everything was going so we could cut in the T's at the right spots and all that. And uh, so all but one tank is now in its final resting place. Okay. Um, The last tank, we just had other stuff in the way and like it was nearing the end of the day. It's like, well, by the time we get everything moved, we're not going to be able to 
get get that in place. So that I think is going to happen early this week. So okay, requires uh, a forklift. Your forklift? No, uh, just a pallet jack. Oh around. really? Yeah. You can move a whole fermenter. Which what kind of tank is it? Uh, it's a uh, fermenter, right? Yeah. yeah. And you can move with a pallet jack. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Nice. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it makes you nervous, but <laughs> so, would, so would moving it with the forklift, so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I'm, so, I'm going to be so happy when it's sitting and, and done uh, because, you know, we can stop moving them around and I can stop being nervous all yeah. the time. So. Yeah, you don't want something to happen to them when they're not set in place. Yeah, exactly. Um, but then the, the last thing I'll mention uh, is actually not, like, back in the brewery related, but... Uh, if you're paying attention to our Facebook page, we just uh, joined in with our Habitat for Humanity Mid-Ohio um, for a project that they're putting together with a whole bunch of central Ohio breweries for the, the house that beer built. Oh. Um, basically, a, an entire Habitat house that's going to be uh, solely funded uh, through local breweries. Um, so we've uh, we've joined with them and, and pledged to, to raise funds. And uh, we're actually already putting together our first event. That's uh, going to be a July 3rd party um, at the brewery. Uh, so we can see the uh, Newark fireworks mm-hmm. from our patio. So we're putting together a party and uh, we've got a food truck lined up. Um, your ticket includes a donation to to the habitat project and and a drink and we'll have some fun and watch the fireworks and a good time for a good cause. So nice. So, yeah. so they're going to do the fireworks the day before the fourth. Yes. Interesting. What's the, I mean, why, why is that? Why do they do it a day before? Um, all, most of the small towns around here don't do it on the fourth. And I think usually Columbus has their big like red, white, and boom thing on the fourth <laughs> itself. So I think they're trying not to compete, you know, okay. with the the really big event. So, but yeah, but most of the time that it's all and and they all try to stagger because they're trying to pull from all the different communities. So mm-hmm. they don't all do it on the same same night. So. Okay, yeah, it makes sense. But uh, I think that's it for me. Wow, this week. yeah, it's a good Plus update. I've, Sure, I've forgotten something because I'm tired, but yeah, it'll get picked up at some point. <laughs> I, I'm I'm tired too, and I so I can't correct you and and adding anything because I don't remember. But uh, no, it sounds like a great update. It sounds so. You, I mean, I'm still a novice at this, but it looks like that maybe. Okay, I'm assuming you already got all the approvals, the the, the checks, the uh, um, the inspections done, right? Those are all passed. Uh, the boiler inspection hasn't happened. Um, okay. That's the only. That's the only thing I think we'll be waiting on. Okay. So, so is that scheduled for like next week? Uh, I have to set it up tomorrow. Okay. So okay. as we're recording, yeah, Monday, so I can make the call and okay. So start setting that up. Does it look possible that by time we record our next episode, you might have already at least boiled water in your system? Um, <laughs> maybe I'm not going to be that optimistic. Okay. Okay. Um, just because there always just seems to be something, you know, uh, but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm hopeful that 
you know, by the end of this month, I'll put grain into the system. So, okay. That's, that's my hope right now. End of the so. month. That sounds good. That's a good goal. End of the month, grain in the system. All right. Well, yep. thank you. Thank you, John, for that great update. We didn't, neither of us had any beer related activities. So we're going to skip that for this episode. We're going to go right into our new and noteworthy beers. I'll go ahead and start since John, he probably needs, you probably need to, uh, you know, lubricate your mouth a little bit with some beer because you've been chatting away. So I can go ahead with my, I don't have very many. I have two beers that, that really kind of hit the spot. As I already mentioned, I've been drinking a lot of uh, just regular stuff that just, you know, hits the spot. But I did have two beers I tried. One is uh, going with the Goza. I'm going with the Goza. It's summertime. Gozas are really nice to be able to quench a thirst. And this one was the Boulevard Tequila Barrel Lime Goza. And uh, I'll tell you what, this beer, when I took the first sip, uh, it, it puckered me up. Uh, it was definitely a puckerer. Uh, that lime uh, came on strong tartness. But it was only the first sip that really kind of took me aback. The rest of the beer, after that first initial numbing of my taste buds, it was really enjoyable. I really enjoyed this beer. I, I don't know if I really felt any tequila barrel presence but there was a distinct lime character and a salinity that kind of reminded me of a margarita when you you know you have that uh, little bit you know tartness from the lime and and a saltiness from if you you know have a salted rim i, I really enjoyed this beer and i noticed that some of our listeners also enjoyed this beer so i'm glad that uh, you know that, that this is something that that not only myself likes but other people like too i gave it four cap rating on untapped not the best goes in the world, you know, to rate a five, but I thought it was really solid. And anyone that enjoys the style, definitely go out and look for this one. Nice. Do you get yeah, bull- sounds- you, you get Boulevard in Ohio? Uh, I want to say yes, but uh, I'm not entirely sure. I haven't sought it out, so okay. I'm not completely sure on that one. Okay. But I'll have to see if we, if we do. Okay. Uh, a side note. Have you put any sour beers on the tap list yet since you've been running stuff at Trek? No, I have not. Okay. Is, so. is there plans to put a like one, either Berliner Weiss or a Goza or some kind of a sour beer? Uh, there's no current plan, but I'm not, I'm not like against doing it. I'm not opposed to it. Just uh, haven't had anything that, that fits or. Okay feels right for our, our crowd so far. Yeah, so. That's, that's what I was curious too is is you mentioned that the, the crowd that comes in a Trek really enjoys the lighter ales, like the cream ale. That, that's a big hit with them. So I was wondering if if maybe you, you're getting a feel for the crowd and and you, you're kind of a little bit nervous to put on something that's as bold as a, you know, as a sour or tart beer right now until you, uh, you know, fill them out a little bit more but it might be something yeah. to throw on a small keg maybe yeah and when when we get our our draft setup finished uh, and we'll expand to like 12 taps then it'll be a lot easier to put something on and you know not worry about you know taking up a valuable spot true you know true. so that's very true we can test it out a little bit more okay good all right and the only other beer that i wanted to mention as uh, noteworthy is no you know I have a topic that I came up with for this show. And the, the reason is because, you know, we've been talking about the juicy, the, the juicy, the juicy and hazy uh, New England style IPAs on the, on the show, but we haven't really 
discuss, you know, what the style is all about. And so when, you know, I've been drinking a lot of these New England IPAs lately. I've really enjoyed a lot of the beers that I've had in this style. And one of the breweries that I always mention is Revision Brewing. They do some some great New England style IPAs. And this is one that I picked up. Uh, they, they hadn't had any in my in the local co-op for a, about four weeks, which kind of worried me because I was afraid that they stopped distributing, you know, or, or picking them up at the co-op. But because I, you know, I buy them every time they come in, I, I pick up a few cans, but they, they brought some in last weekend. So I picked, I picked up, I think three or four that they brought in. And uh, this is one of them. It's the state of haze, New England IPA. I, now, here's what's different about this one. It's not only a great New England-style IPA, but the artwork is actually not goofy and weird like the rest of the artwork on Revision stuff. <laughs> this is some classy, really well-done artwork, and it's kind of uh, in the colors of a Jamaican, like the Jamaican flag, and it's kind of in tribute, I think, maybe to smoking some, you know, some reefer out there on the islands and enjoying the haze of, of that. Um I liked I liked the label. I, I really enjoyed the label, and the beer inside was fantastic. Traditional New England IPA haziness, super soft mouthfeel, nice big tropical aroma, tropical flavor, really enjoyable. I love the stuff that Revision's doing, especially their New England IPA um, beers. So uh, I gave that a four cap rating too. Why why four? Because I've had so many great New England IPAs and double IPAs. Um, this one was good, but it wasn't up at that top, top of that, uh, that list. So I just gave it a little bit four. I'm trying to be more, uh, stingy with my top ratings because I don't want people to think that I, everything's a five. So John, how about you? You have some good beers you want to share? Yeah, I've got a couple I'll mention. Uh, first from Seventh Sun Brewing is their Cloud Busting, mm. uh, which is a, well, I'm not sure exactly how they classify, but it's at least a double IPA. Because uh, it clocks in at eleven point two percent. Oh my gosh! <laughs> um, but they brewed this for their uh, anniversary, which they just had, and uh, it's a. They've got a beer called a Humulus Nimbus, which I think I've mentioned before, mm-hmm. um, and it's it's a like a super pale ale, um, kind of flirting that in between of a pale and an IPA, uh, and this they basically doubled it. Um, so they took that beer and just doubled everything, um, in almost, you know, uh, but it came out and it, it is super smooth. Mm. Uh, it's got some great, like little tropical citrus notes in it. Um, it completely hides that 11 too. Wow. Um, and it just goes down real easy. I mean, this, this would just knock you down if you weren't. (laughs) careful because you wouldn't realize you know what what you were getting into um but uh, i really enjoyed that beer and uh yeah i gave it a five oh nice wow uh you see no i'm serious yeah yeah you're not joking around when you give a five yeah um and then uh you know we're talking new england ipa so i'll talk about something from aslan okay uh which is their imperial stout uh cocoa maypalm uh, which uh, is an imperial stout with uh, cocoa, uh, maple, and vanilla. Um, oh, wow. And uh, this is one, you know, I feel like a lot of times beers with, with maple, I know, I don't really pick up the maple unless it's just completely, you know, 
hit you over the head like and that's all you taste kind of thing mm-hmm. um but this one like the maple was nice and subtle uh everything pulled together really nicely uh so uh Kristen and I enjoyed this as a as a nightcap after getting the boys down one night of our Memorial Day weekend um just finally having a little little time to ourselves um after our just what are, what the whirlwind that our life has become lately so um it was it was very very nice so nice well good uh, that that's a good you, you know you had a good balance between super alcohol hoppy and super dark <laughs> maybe alcohol. super super alcohol dark beer dark yeah. beer you had I a good was, i think it was 10% so. oh wow nice yeah but that was one that I poured out, and then I wish I had just goosed my glass with a little bit more and not been, you know, so <laughs> diligent about splitting it. So oh, that's funny. So you know, it's I, I was joking. I mean, I wasn't joke. I was serious, but joking also about Sarah with that uh, juicier than thou with mango beer. You know, we we we've, we've bought at least another six pack of these beers, and they're four dollars a piece, by the way. Uh, we've probably spent forty dollars on this beer in the last couple of weeks but every time sarah sees it she grabs a can or two so um we've been you know I, I i gave her a bad time because she drank all the can you know we i bought two cans one for us to share and then well, actually both for us to share but she ended up drinking one by herself so we bought two more cans and then we've been sharing those and we she bought another one today we shared uh, it's it's a great beer um, but yeah, sharing, sometimes you just want to give my, you know, maybe I'll give one more sip or, you know, it's a little bit more. She won't notice that I got that little extra sip. <laughs> yeah. You know, we, we all play those games. We were just talking with a couple that was in at the tap room. They'd gotten a flight and, you know, we could see them doing that jockeying dance of like trying to get control of the taster glasses <laughs> that they, you know, enjoyed. And we were, you know, we were talking about how, yeah, you, you get in a negotiation mode. You know, especially if, if you have like a couple of different flights and you're splitting up a bunch of beers. Say, yeah. All right. Neither of us really like this one. <laughs> I'll take that. But it means I get this other one. You know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. So. Oh, yeah. Sarah does it all the time, especially when we have like, yeah, when you have a bunch of flights, we have like three different sets of flights. She'll she'll go ahead and pull the ones out and put them towards her. And says, hey, um you can try this one, but this one's mine. I was like, okay, I, I'll give it to you. You're, you're, it's, if you find something you really enjoy, then then I'm all for you know having her share it. But yeah, it's I'll drink anything. Um, but yeah, it's 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 it is funny when someone takes ownership of a certain a certain beer. But what's what's nice is that uh, if they if they only have one flight to share between them, then that means if if they really enjoy that one beer, then they can get a pint of it afterwards, which is nice. Yeah. Okay. Well, we got a little bit of feedback from the last episode. First off, I just want to say thank you to all the people who wrote in either on Twitter or Facebook and, and congratulated us on hitting episode 100. We really appreciate it. I'm not going to call out everyone because that would make the show a little bit long, but I do appreciate all the well wishes and everyone that has stuck around with us for a hundred episodes. And we had a Twitter poll. And just to remind you what the Twitter poll was, it was when you visit a new brewery, do you order a, f- a few tasters, order tasters of all the beers, sample a few and get a pint, or just order a pint or two? And we had uh, a pretty close battle. It was 21 votes altogether. Um, coming into uh, last place with one vote was 
only order a few tasters. Sounds like everyone likes to uh, taste a few beers and have more than just those tastes. So that's good. Uh, the uh, number two with two votes uh, was just order a pint or two. So people don't want to just come in and order a pint from New Brewery. They want to kind of taste what they're going to, you know, order. Okay, understand. Uh, coming in third with six votes was order tasters of all the beer. Oh, come on. Where's all the diehards like myself? That, that was my answer was when I go into a new brewery, I want everything they have. Try everything and then pick a pint after that. And, of course, the one that came in first place was with 12 votes. Sample a few and get a pint. That, that makes sense. I can, I can buy that. What, what is your experience, John, with people coming into Trek Brewing? Have you seen that people, uh, you know, that are new to the brewery, what, what, what do they do? Do they usually just, you know, try a couple and then order a pint? What's the, what do you think? Uh, it depends. Um, a lot of folks, uh, depending on, like, if they're, if they're kind of one and done, they'll come in and do a flight and that's it. Um, if they're, planning to come and hang out a lot of times they'll work their way through with pints um if they're with some friends they're going to be here for you know two three hours um they'll start just work their way through um but i'd say the sample a few and get a pint is probably most most prevalent followed Mm -hmm. just followed behind uh just getting a flight okay okay that that sounds about right i'll agree with that that makes sense if i'm in a hurry I'll just uh, look on their their board, find out the things that kind of piqued my interest. Uh, a lot of times, I'll, ju- I'll I'll be honest with you, I will just roll a dice and just get a pint if it's something that really, if I see right on the board is something that I know I'm going to most likely enjoy, I'll just you know roll a dice and go with a pint. And most of the time, I'm pretty lucky at getting something good. There are times when that doesn't work, but. Uh, but I, you know, I will occasionally, uh, you know, sample a couple. If I don't do a flight, I'll just oh, let me try that uh, saison because if a saison can be, you know, one that's either good or bad, I don't want to, you know, roll a dice with a saison necessarily. So uh, they, they all made they all made sense. Okay, we have a current poll running started today, and this will run through Sunday, June 10th. So by the time you listen to this, you'll have a couple days to get your vote in. Go find it on Twitter. Just uh, go to, to uh, at tap the craft on Twitter, find the poll, and uh, give us your vote. I will uh, be retweeting it a couple times. But the the question for this poll is, what is your favorite hop flavor? And you have four choices: piney, citrusy, tropical fruity, or floral. So I I, I can only choose four. I would have had more in there. Like I wanted to have earthy in there because maybe people like that yeah. earthy hop. Spicy, uh, spicy, yeah. earthy. I mean, there's there's more I could have put in there, but Twitter limits me to four, and I thought these four were probably maybe maybe I could have traded out floral for earthy. Um, but hey, go out there and vote. Let us know what the hop flavor you enjoy the most in your beer. Okay, John, you want to read our first uh, listener feedback? Yeah, uh, Brad Fatler at PK the Buckeye uh, mentioned on Twitter. Uh, my dad still lives in Cleveland, so I have gone to Masthead a couple times. My cousin lives in Boston, so I visited her in March and made a trip to Portland. Uh, to, to respond to your question, though, Allagash was fantastic. Some of the best sours I've ever had. Even snuck a bottle back with me. 
as the NEIPA scene goes for Portland, Bissell Brothers was probably the best. Wow. Oh. And I've I've heard that. Um, and I listened to an interview with uh, one of the founders of Bissell Brothers. And uh, yeah, it's pretty pretty crazy. They they jumped in just whole hog with a uh, big, you know, big system and just doing one beer. That's really? It. And uh, <laughs> oh, dang. So they kind of followed that uh, heady topper model, yeah. you know, for a while. So, um, but yeah, I'd, I'd love to get up there and bounce around and try all that stuff. So, okay. So now I got to keep Bissell Brothers on my list when I go visit Portland, Maine, for sure. All right. Well, thank you, Brad, for that feedback. We, you, you, I had the question, you answered it. So that's good. Good on you. All right. We had a, another, uh, shout out or another uh i i guess i want to give a shout out an early shout out to uh, kyle in ohio who mentioned on twitter that he saw uh, north coast brewing scrimshaw on tap you know around town uh you know quite a bit but he never actually went and tried it until after he listened to our show and he said you know i'll go ahead and get this beer a try it sounded pretty tasty and he actually enjoyed it so I just want to uh, say thanks, Kyle, for trusting in us and trying a beer that you've seen on tap for a while, but didn't have the courage or desire to go ahead and order up a pint. And he actually enjoyed it, so that's good. Good on you. Uh, no questions, no listener questions, no voicemails either. Uh, we do have a voicemail. Not uh, voice. Maybe I should slow down my drinking today. That's less fun. Yeah. Uh, we do have a voicemail line. It's 208-536-3359 or 208-53-ODDLY. You can leave your voicemail and, uh, and we'll listen to it on the air. All right. If you want to contact the show with your comments or questions, you can reach us through email at tapthecraft at gmail.com or on Twitter at tapthecraft. And, of course, feel free to follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash tapthecraft. And I already mentioned... We do have that voicemail line, so use it, 20853-ODDLY. Also, I want to give a thank you to Open Forum Radio Network for supporting our show. They provide the hosting space at openforumradio.com, and if you enjoy the content that John and I put out, then we know you'll find some other great shows like the following. Thank you so much for listening to Tap the Craft with Denny, John, and Chris. Hey, and if you want to check out more great podcasts, check out the Open Form Radio Network over at openformradio.com. We have such podcasts such as Open Form Radio Proper, Facetious, Geeks for the Win, Gamer Husbands Radio, The OMG Hour, Gaming Vessels, Slash Attainment, and Conspiracy Otter. Hey, thank you so much for checking out Tap the Craft today, and please leave these fellas a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to this great show. Hey, thanks again for listening. All right, well, now it's time for the Brew Buzz segment, and the Brew Buzz is devoted to discussing various beer-related topics, and this week we're diving in to the Juicy or Hazy Beer Style, also known as the New England Style IPA or Pale Ale or Double IPA. And the reason why I'm kind of bringing this up now is because there are some official style guidelines that have been released by the Brewers Association. They added the Juicy and Hazy Styles to their 2018 uh, guidelines, and it's the actual beer style names, I guess, or categories are Juicy or Hazy Pale Ale, Juicy or Hazy IPA, and Juicy or Hazy Double IPA. Those are the three Juicy or Hazy styles they added. I thought it'd be great to, to talk about the styles and how they put it in to, to describe the, the different characteristics. Now, what's interesting is they're all fairly similar, right? One's a pale, one's an IPA, one's a double IPA. So, 
in doing the style guidelines, we're going to do all three at one time and just highlight the uh, characters that are a little bit different in each of the styles. That'll make it go pretty fast. We'll cover three styles, categories in one fell swoop. But before we get into that, let's just talk about some general notes on the New England style IPA or the juicier hazy ales. Um, the New England variation of the American IPA steers away from its key trait. The key trait, of course, is the hop bitterness. And the New England IPA style, it actually de-emphasizes that hop character or hop bitterness character in the beer. It still has a lot of hops in there, but it's mostly a flavorful characteristic. The juicier hazy beers often exhibit relatively low perceived bitterness, high hop aromas, and flavor with a softer texture than other types of IPAs. So there's another key difference uh, in, in the IPA style of the New England. And of course, they have some level of visual cloudiness or haze, which is attributed to the use of different ingredients and of course, a little bit different brewing techniques to give you that hazy character. So... As I mentioned, we're going to kind of cover all the juicy, hazy, pale L's, IPAs, and double IPAs in one fell swoop. So, John, why don't you start and cover the first three characteristics? All right. So, color. Uh, all three of these styles are the same. They're straw to deep gold. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, kind of true whether it's a hazy or, or not. Mm-hmm kind of the range although straw seems a little light to me yeah um, yeah i think straw will be a little light uh and then the clarity uh low to very high degree of cloudiness mm-hmm. is typical of these beers and again low seems very wrong <laughs> um <laughs> uh but starch yeast hop protein and or other compounds contribute to a wide range of hazy appearance within this category and th- this is like the biggest point of contention with this style mm-hmm. is where that haze is coming from and whether it's just bad brewing practice whether there's <laughs> actually like something going on um most folks thinks it's a it's a hop uh bio transformation that's happening so uh-huh. dry hop while active fermentation is going on um but uh yeah I, i'm hoping that we're away from the point that people are adding flour to these beers to actually yeah. cloud them up um because that's just absolutely not right so yeah for sure for sure so that's interesting that you bring up the the possibility of of having dry hopping during the fermentation process um yeah that is uh so you think that the there's a breakdown that's occurring from the yeast uh so the 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 working theory now is that there are certain certain oils in the hop and it's not everything in the hop yeah um interact with certain yeasts okay um so and that creates these different flavors and, and everything else so nice uh, there's still a lot going into it with how you know new this is and yeah a lot of research and everything but well yeah, yeah and, and, and breweries aren't going to give up their secrets right you know that they have a secret way of doing it and they're, they want to kind of keep it that way yeah mm-hmm. yeah so uh, then perceived malt aroma and flavor. Uh, so for the pale ale and IPA, low to low medium malt aroma and flavor may be present. And the double IPA, they list low to high malt aroma <laughs> and flavor may be present. But to me, this seems like they should all be low to low medium. I, I agree. And I agree. really like almost non-existent. And, you know, unless it's old. 
Um, do you, but, do, you, do you think it's because of getting the alcohol up higher that there might still be some multi character in there that's lingering around? Maybe. Um, maybe I haven't really experienced that, mm-hmm. but taking it all the way to high, I mean, high would mean that it is very present. Yeah. You know, and there's no mistaking that that's malt. Yeah. So, I mean, I, these have been all hop to me. Yeah. You know, at least when they're when they're fresh and presented when they're supposed to be. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, let me go into the perceived hop aroma and flavor of these. So again, the pale ale and the IPA, medium high to very high hop aromas and flavor are present with attributes of that are typical of hops from any origin. I I guess it could be any origin. I I mean, it seems like most of them, like, I mean, I, I actually did some looking into to uh, some hop uh, characters to try to figure out where these were coming from. And I realized that, man, there's a lot of American hops that are uh, that give out these tropical fruit-like characteristics that I, I taste in in uh, in these New England IPAs. And I, and I was always under the impression that these were a lot of the, the overseas hops that are coming from New Zealand or Australia or, you know, somewhere that – that has these tropical flavors. And I, I found, you know, I, I corrected myself in saying, wow, there's a lot of American style hops that, that give you same characteristics. Yeah. And there's also some stuff coming out of Germany now that's, uh, also oh, yeah. doing a lot of the citrus and other things as yeah. well. And, and some like cool berry and melon kind of characters mm-hmm. too. So, yeah, which that, again, you just mentioned that Germany, I noticed that Germany, yeah, also had some uh, flavorful hops that, I, that surprised me. So one of the things I want to do for future episodes, I want to kind of take some uh, hop profile, some characteristic profiles, and and uh, and go over some of the hop names and the regions they come from that all generate a you know a similar taste or an aroma profile, just so that we're all aware. Because again, I was caught by a little bit off guard that that there's some of these characteristics coming from regions that I wasn't familiar with. So. That's a be that'll be a good uh, a brew buzz segment uh, series that we'll be doing here in the near future. Um, for the double IPA though, it says high to very high hop aroma and flavor are present with attributes of typical of hops from any origin. So it it, it just um, amps it or amps it up from medium high to very high to high to very high. It's going to be a lot of this hop aroma and flavor. So the perceived bitterness. The pale ale, now here's what was interesting, and I, and I looked this up twice because when I first put it down, I was surprised, but the pale ale and the double IPA, low to medium bitterness. Um, and also the perceived impression of bitterness is soft and well integrated into the overall balance and may differ significantly from measured or calculated IBU levels. So I thought it was interesting that the, the pale ale and the double IPA were both categorized in the same uh, way but the ipa instead of being low to medium it's medium low to medium i guess it's i guess maybe the ipas come across a little bit more uh, perceived bitterness than the, the pale or the double what do you think about that john it yeah was, it was confusing I, to me yeah i think these all should be low, low to like medium. starting at <laughs> starting at low yeah i mean it's a, kind of the whole idea that you don't get that that character. Yeah. All right, John. Um, why don't you finish us off on the on the last three, and then I'll cover the the 
uh, vital statistics. All right. So fermentation characteristics, uh, low to medium fruity estuary aroma and flavor may be present, but are usually overwhelmed by hop fruitiness. Yeah. Uh, diacetyl should not be perceived. Yeah. Don't need a <laughs> butterscotch. Uh, <laughs> well, that'd be horrible. Mango IPA. Yeah, no you know. butter. I don't want no butter mango uh, characteristic. Yeah. yeah, that's not good. <laughs> Um, and then the body, uh, pale on IPA, medium low to medium high and double IPA, medium to high, uh, perceived silky or full mouthfeel may contribute to overall flavor profile. Yeah. And yeah, this is another one of the big defining characteristics yeah. that, and it, I'm not surprised to see the double IPA being a little higher here, uh, because you know, with the standard double IPA, a lot of folks are adding, uh, like sugar. Mm -hmm. to dry those beers out because when you use that much grain to get, you know, a big beer, it can give you a full mouthfeel. It can get, you know, a little sweet, um, but the sugar is fermented completely. You know, it's a little, uh, it doesn't, doesn't sound right to add sugar to not be sweet, yeah. but um, it's, it's simple. So the yeast can break it down easily and completely. They're super stoked to have it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, this is one of those that it, it, it is a little, little weird, but at least the visual, I think the cloudiness kind of prepares you for this, yeah, yeah. um, because you kind of expect that it's not going to be something, you know, super easy to go down. But, yeah. Yeah. The, the, the main thing, if I don't get that silky or that, that full mouthfeel in the New England style beer that I'm drinking, I, I feel like I'm I'm missing out, right? It ha to me it has to have that to have a full package. And if it doesn't have that, it's just not all there for me. I mean it's still gonna be a good beer, but it doesn't to me, it doesn't really fall into what I expect from a New England IPA style. So it, I I put a lot of weight on that on that mouthfeel and that silky smoothness. Yeah. And then w along with that silky smoothness, uh, the grist may include a small amount of oat, wheat, or other adjuncts to promote haziness. And if I've seen most that use oats, mm -hmm. um, and that uh, oats will also contribute to that silky mouthfeel as well. And that's what you get a lot of oatmeal stouts. They get a little more silky character, um, even though they're still full bodied, but it, it gives a kind of a different feel. Um, and then descriptors such as juicy are often used to describe the taste and aroma, hop derived attributes present in this beer, these beers. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Also comes along with the look because sometimes you just get it looks like glass of orange juice. Yeah, yeah, it's like an orange Julius in a glass. I mean, some of them are are really, some of them are really ugly, and some of them are really a, a beautiful beer. Actually, I mean, I wouldn't you wouldn't think that a big thick hazy beer would be beautiful, but some of them really yeah. have a, a good look. So we need a glitter hazy IPA. <laughs> yeah, they that's what they that's what they're making. Brighten it up, you know. <laughs> The, no, no, I hear that the best one, the best glitter beers are actually the hazy, uh, the hazy ones because it, the, the glitter kind of like, you know, uses that haziness as a, as a background to really shine and, and shimmer. There we go. Yeah. All right. The last part of our style guidelines here is to talk about the vital statistics, and that includes the alcohol by volume. So each one has a little bit different level. This is where they're, they're definitely separated. The pale L is between 4.4 and 5.4. That's a very tight margin for that pale L, 4.4 to 5.4. The IPA goes from 6.3 to 7.5, and a double IPA 
7.6 to 10.6. And uh, it's amazing that on these New England IPAs, I have seen quite a few that hit that, that are usually around 9.5 to 10%. So it's not uncommon to get one of these that are up there at that high level. So it's uh, that's a good good range, good range of hazy uh, beers right there. Uh, yeah. The Inter- International Bittering Units, the IBUs, uh, for the Pale Ale, between 30 to 50. For the IPA, 50 to 70. And the double IPA, 65 to 100. So, wow, that's, uh, I mean, they're really yeah. having to put some, some bitterness in there, huh? This one doesn't make sense to me. Um, <laughs> mostly because all, a lot of the hopping for this comes at the very end and in the dry hop. And dry hopping will give you some perceived bitterness, but it's not, you know, I, isomerized and i think ibu really kind of takes on the isomerized mm. um alpha acids but uh yeah it seems high for that but i mean either way the perception is basically nothing so yeah yeah the, those numbers just seem off to me but they, i don't really know they seem high i agree they seem a little off but um maybe it's to allow i don't know i don't know i'm not going to even guess on it but I'll tell you again, again, in my preference, I like the ones, again, not looking at the IBUs, but the the, the ones that are perceived bitterness, that are lower, um, I, I appreciate more. But I'm not off put by the ones that have a little bit more actual perceived bitterness in it. Even though, you know, you're supposed to have a real low uh, bitterness, uh, I, I'm okay with that. Like, for example, that Sierra Nevada, AZ little thing or whatever they call that one. I actually like that beer for what it is. It's, and it's not that hazy, but it's got some of those same characteristics that um, they're pretty good. So that's what it is. So just wanted to let everyone know, we did get all these notes from the Brewers Association Beer Style Guidelines. Um, they have a, a link. I have a link that I'll put in the show notes. It goes right to their beer uh, style guidelines. Uh, you can even download a PDF file of the new changes in 2018 where these were added to see all the beers that they, the styles that, that got uh, changed and added. Um, so, yeah, uh, go check it out. And uh, hopefully everyone that's listening has actually tried some New England IPA styles. And if you haven't, go out there and try it. Even if you don't like IPAs, this is a style of IPA that I think everyone can enjoy because it, again, it doesn't have that bitterness. It does have some nice fruity flavors that people can, you know, relate to. And um, it's, a, it's a good beer. And we have a lot of, I know we have a lot of listeners that really like this style too. So it's good to, to promote it. Okay, John, guess what? I told you, I didn't tell our listeners that we were going to have a short, sweet, quick show. And guess what? We're at the end of the show. But before we close it up for the night, it's our chance to give a toast to people we like to give a toast to. So is there anyone out there you'd like to give a toast to tonight? Yeah. Uh, I'm just going to raise my glass to my wife, Kristen. Um, right. As I mentioned, we've been uh, pulled in a lot of different directions this last little bit, getting all the construction put together, um, You know, trying to get things to a f- our kind of finished working state for the brewery. And uh, she's kind of been holding everything together at home and get, keeping the boys on track and, and everything else while I've been uh here and unfortunately away a lot so uh yeah just raise my glass to her even though she won't hear this but (laughs) and 
I mean, let's be honest. I'm not going to tell this in person. I can't Got to keep, <laughs> keep her on the straight and narrow, but you know, yeah. I'll raise my glass to Kristen. All right. Hey, I raised my glass to Kristen also, even though she doesn't listen, which is sad. She should listen. We have some good content on here. You know, she doesn't support me. Despite <laughs> what I just said. Well, she should do it for me. You know, she loves that's, me. That's true. That's true. <laughs> All right. I, I just want to raise my glass to all of our awesome listeners out there. Uh, thank you guys for continuing to download, listen, and give us feedback and respond to all of our stuff. Uh, uh, people enjoy the uh, outtakes. I hope everyone listened to the end of the last show because we had some great outtakes of our, our fun uh, trying to get Chris on the air and keep him on the show. And, and there were some fun times and some good... Some good, uh, some good one-liners and things from John. I, I really, I, I mean, a lot of, a lot of stuff gets cut out that, that you guys don't see. All the fun, uh, you know, the fun that John could be. He's he's not just a, a straight and narrow business guy. He's actually a fun guy. Okay, <laughs> a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I also, hey, I have to raise my glass to all the servicemen and women out there. After we release our show, Memorial Day came. Um, Memorial Day is a special day for me. The reason being is that I'm actually named after my father, who my father is named after his uncle who died as a prisoner of war in World War II in the Philippine Islands. So in a way, I am a living memorial to my great uncle who who died in World War II. So a, Memorial Day is always a, a special day for me, and I just want to raise my glass to all the military men and women out there who are currently serving, who served and who have died uh, to protect our freedoms. I really, I, I say this every show, and I mean it from my heart that I really do appreciate uh, all the sacrifice. So cheers to all you guys and gals. And of course, we need to raise a glass to Hopcloth uh, Apparel for partnering up with us. I encourage all of our listeners to go and visit their site at www.hopcloth.com and check out their creative craft beer clothing and use the code Tap the craft at checkout to get free shipping. That's tap the craft, all one word, to get free shipping. And you can find the beers and the link to the article that we mentioned in the show in the show notes located on the show post at openforumradio.com. And if you'd like to follow us on social media, I can be found on Twitter, Instagram, and untapped at loose screw. And John, how can our listeners follow you? Uh, on Twitter at Prime Brewing, on Tap Prime WA, uh, but more importantly, you can follow Trek Brewing on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Trek Brewing, or visit the website trekbeer.com. Of course. Excellent. All right. It is last call. Time to bring the show to a close. We just want to thank all of you guys for downloading and listening to the show. We ask you to please tell a friend, and of course, subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and, or however you listen to your podcast. And as a reminder, we release a new show every two weeks. Now go out there and spread the good word of craft beer. Cheers. Cheers.